Three, two, one. A man has fallen into the river in Sardonicast City. Start the rescue podcast. Hey! <laughs> that's a meme, I guess. I don't know why. I don't know why that's a meme now. No, I don't know that This one. is Sardonicast. <laughs> I'm Adam from Mirror Movie Sex. I'm Ralph from Utah Dark Horse. Ralph from Movie mm. And I'm Alex from IG. And we got a special guest today. Who is our special guest? I completely forgot. It's Amanda the Jedi. Oh, holy crap. Oh. That's such Holy a moly. <laughs> such a cool name, right? I'm so surprised. So cool. I want to hear the lightsaber sound effect when you say it. That was going to be one of my first questions to you is why why Jedi? Uh I've actually just been using this name since I was like 14 for oh, yeah. various social media. Oh yeah, that happens. Uh, I like Jedi as a concept more than I currently like Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Mostly it just kind of <laughs> makes me want to put my head through a wall mm -hmm. every time something new happens. Yeah. But, you know, it's good. There's enough out there that I enjoy. It's cool. I'm, I'm happy with this. It's fine. So uh, I know you through, I guess, just from like Twitter and YouTube, and we've been to a couple film fests together. Yeah. TIFF and Sundance. Are those the only two or have you been to? I don't, I don't those remember. Are, yeah, that's the only two so far. Yeah. yeah TIFF was the first one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, how would you describe your channel? Is it kind of like, uh, like, obviously there's movie discussion. Yeah, I would say it's just like overall like pop culture commentary style channel. So sometimes I'll do like serious looks or at least more serious looks into certain movies. Uh, sometimes I just like looking at fun angles with mm -hmm. certain stories. Uh, mm -hmm. And then other times I'll just find like funny things. Like right now I'm going through the Fifty Shades movies by popular demand. So just oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Really but it's, it's what the people want. So it's fun. Yeah. I haven't actually checked out your... Uh... Twitch, but do you do you consider yourself more of a like a YouTuber or a streamer? Uh, I've always kind of considered myself both pretty evenly. Okay. I stream almost daily. Lately, I would say I'm just I'm more happy with YouTube content, but I still really like streaming. And obviously, the better one is doing, it kind of drives traffic to the other. Mm -hmm. So right now, I'm getting a lot of people on my Twitch channel that are coming from YouTube, so I can just have a lot of like fun discussions about movies and just current topics and stuff, which is always really fun. So uh, I, I would say that if somebody held a gun to my head right now, I'd probably pick YouTube, even though I do think, nice. I, think I make more money on Twitch right now. But you know, oh. I like YouTube a lot. Hmm. How many how many viewers do you get usually for like a stream on Twitch? It depends what I'm doing lately. Just chatting gets more views and I can get like anywhere from, it's not too many, but like 50 to 70. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes if I play games, it'll stay up there. But sometimes it like dips down to like 30. Yeah. It really depends on so either the game or the type of stream. Yeah. And like what people are in the mood for. Sometimes people are like, I just want your complete undivided attention talking to us, even though I'm yeah. still really chatty when I play games. But some people, the second the game comes on, they're just like, no, nope, I'm gone. Notice me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Have, like, exactly. Labs on, it helps. I, I find yeah. streaming a very stressful idea. Oh yeah. Like, I've dabbled in it before, but I can never. Yeah, I have this thing about being locked down into because <laughs> that's how you have to be successful, right? You've got to have like dates every week that you stream on. Yeah. And a lot of time to sit there and you know do all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, honestly, though, like back in the day, because um, I started with, with YouTube when I kind of came back to making content and it was kind of, you know, I got decent traction, but it was when I started streaming more that it pushed more people to my YouTube. So like really? on that standpoint, obviously now t like streaming is super saturated, but oh yeah. yeah, I just know a few people that are really overwhelmed by it and like they could make so much money if they just did it, but they just can't 
it's just too much for them to to commit it's, to i guess yeah. but it's way harder than it than it looks it you know? is it's easy yeah. to like reduce it down into its most basic thing but try it it's so much harder than it than it looks especially if you're by yourself and you've got mm. no one to bounce off it's really hard yeah i don't know i've been i've been kind of doing it just as a way to i guess change the context and environment that i would be working in anyway so mm-hmm. uh, m- the vast majority of my streams are like editing streams and i'm just editing videos for the youtube channel and this way it's like okay well i can motivate myself a bit more and kind of like hang out with people at the same time sort of thing that's mostly yeah i know what a lot of people who do that for yeah. sure yeah i like i like getting work done in that way it's more enjoyable it's smart and like comfortable yeah yeah that's a good idea actually drink at home on the job <laughs> oh <Osha>. absolutely always <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're also Canadian from a place I that am. no one has heard of called New Brunswick. Exactly, New Brunswick, no Funswick. It's horrible. <laughs> I never heard that one. <laughs> That's great. We got like one confirmed case of the coronavirus here, and like it just everybody was like, "Oh my god, it was in a <laughs> it was in a city two hours away. We need to get everything in the stores right now." And I'm like, you "Just calm down. It's yeah. gonna be okay." Yeah, the panic buying thing is a little yeah. interesting. That's not what to say me that most. I'm not guilty of it, but I did mine back <laughs> yeah. when nobody else was doing it <laughs> because I'm a crazy, like person. a responsible yeah. adult. Yeah. <laughs> now people are selling toilet paper on the street and everything. Yeah. That's crazy. They're cutting down on that. Yeah, they're cutting down on that. Well, they're trying to. It's hand sanitizer. Yeah, the guy that had like 18,000 bottles of hand sanitizer, yeah. I'm pretty sure they conf- <laughs> they took it all from him. They, yeah. they started distributing it to like churches and donation yeah. boxes and stuff. So. They, they cut down on reselling, but that doesn't stop people from hoarding at the same time. Of course. Unless yeah. the individual businesses yeah. are going to put a limit on the amount of things you can buy as one customer, which I think would be the best idea if they're trying to start they've started doing that here yeah sorry sorry for everyone listening to this podcast who wants to escape the coronavirus news on their timeline you can't yeah it's it's fucking everywhere now so yeah sorry it's a A part of of the conversation weeks yep Mm -hmm. movies are being postponed mulan's not even gonna Mm -hmm. try right now i think a quiet place too is moving james bond got pushed yeah james i was really looking forward to that too now it's coming out november black widow like Black Widow is the only one that's holding oh, out as far as I know. Like I haven't heard stage. anything. Like yeah. Disney postponed every other movie on their slate except that. So even Mulan, I didn't. Yeah, hear Mulan, about that. Mulan, even yeah, I would New say Mutants. especially Mulan. <laughs> yeah, New Mutants. Oh my god, yeah, they're not gonna make any money if, <laughs> if they release Mulan right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like they delete New Mutants of all things. But I, I don't know if they're just hoping it gets better and then Black Widow can just kind of like take everything because it's the only thing available, or yeah. if they'll wait very last minute to just be like, we're delaying. We it just too. need to move everything to streaming and then we'll be fine <laughs> at some point these movies have been delayed so many times yeah or just new like day one been delayed for like three years yeah, yeah. yeah like test it out been on the james bond was supposed to come out last november i think if everyone's so. at home and the movie tickets cost like 15 20 bucks in theaters anyway if you wanted to like own a copy on digital for that amount I don't know. It could still probably be profitable. The problem is, is they want to sell it in theaters and then sell it again on digital. Mm-hmm. They want to yeah. sell it twice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. So yeah. that's they why want to they're make not more doing money it. that way. It's very, <laughs> yeah, it's very smart to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just going to dump it on Netflix or something. They did that with Michael Bay's movie, The Six yeah. Underground. It's like they spent 150 <laughs> million reason. dollars on it, and they just like you just watch it on your phone. It's crazy. <laughs> on your fucking telephone. You have to really send it theaters first. Yeah. Yeah. As David Lynch would say. <laughs> yeah. Get real. So far, there's no news of them delaying uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw. So, 
Good. I'll be uh, seeing that with a, we gotta uh, support it. an N95 yeah. mask and swim goggles in May. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know what's happening in each of your guys' individual areas, but I, I keep getting all these emails from like local businesses talking about how mm-hmm. they're dealing with coronavirus. And one of yeah, the interesting same. ones was mm-hmm. from uh, Van City Theater, who said that they're like meticulously cleaning down every surface, especially things that people are touching. But... They are also reducing the maximum capacity of the uh, theaters so that it's only 50% capacity at any time, which sounds like a decent idea, I guess, but mm-hmm. we just don't really know too much about everything yet. Yeah, I think a lot of places are doing that, but I don't, Cineplex isn't. Mm. Like the overall like big movie chain in Canada is yeah. just kind of like, we're cleaning real good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> And like a, a bunch of other theaters are just flat out closing down for like upwards to a month. Like the uh, Bell Lightbox in Toronto yep. is shutting down for a month clean. It's crazy. I got uh, an email about that one for sure too. People were cleaning their seats in the theater when I went. <laughs> yeah. Like with you know a moist <laughs> towel or yeah airplane etiquette with the moist towelettes. Yeah. It's not the worst idea to, I guess, it's be not. you know somewhat, you know you you just have to get rid of the social stigma, and be like you know what. I don't care if I look like a crazy person or a jackass. I'm being a little bit safer than other people. Yeah. And you just you have to push those feelings down of embarrassment, of like this social pressure to just pretend everything's fine. <laughs> and just, yeah. You know. Because like movie theaters are kind of rough because you're you're in there for at least an hour and a half, and it just takes one person being a little bit sick to just mm. spread it to everybody who's in that theater. Yeah. Yeah, it so, can happen. Circulated air. Yeah. We'll see. Stay at home. Just watch YouTube. Yeah, watch yeah. our yeah. YouTube videos. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. That's the message. Yeah. yeah. I haven't gone to a cinema for weeks for that yeah. very reason. I know what the British public are like. <laughs> They're filthy. That's why the news keeps pushing that. Because you know, they want you to stay home. They want you to it's watch TV. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's like it, it feels like really bad timing, especially with the uh, American <laughs> election coming up. But it really like, is. When what when would have about? been a good time? I don't know, but yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. When's a good time for a pandemic? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I hit a million subscribers during <laughs> a pandemic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Congrats. <laughs> How's it That's feel? Awesome. Um, as as much as it is an arbitrary number. I do feel some sense of like accomplishment and pride. Yeah, it's been like ten years. Yeah, you should. Yeah, ten fucking years. Yeah, it's like validation, and it's like you get a you get a plaque that says like I'm good at what I do. One million people's worth. I'm not gonna order the plaque just yet, in case the coronavirus affects (laughs) the postal office, and I don't want it to get like lost in the mail. So I think I'll wait. Yeah, because you'll never get another one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can only order it. It costs like five hundred to get a new one. Yeah. Oh shit! Really? They charge you five hundred bucks. You can. You can order as many as you want. But the gold ones are like five hundred dollars. Oh fuck! And then yeah, wait the on silver play buttons, I think, are like three hundred. It's free the first time. The first time you order it, they just send it to you. But if you lose it, or if you want another one, they charge you five hundred bucks. What about if you want one of the new style ones? Because mine are like the old style, and now they're. Uh, I don't know about that actually. <laughs> you, I, I feel like maybe they'd upgrade you for free, but I'm not sure. I just know that there was a guy who does a bunch of stuff, getting all these different mm. plaques. So he, yeah. All right. Like Jack sucks for life, I think. So he just. Mm orders new ones you could just do a printout you, <laughs> you could just have a picture of it and frame it's the printout real, I swear. and then it's fine <laughs> yeah 
Just say, take a picture of it for me. I wonder, like, they can't possibly cost $500 to produce. I don't know. I guess they're all, like, kind of engraved. They're all, like, kind of custom things. But it's not made mm -hmm. of real gold mm -hmm. or anything, right? <laughs> so Maybe it is. I don't know. That would be interesting. <laughs> but I think I that would no be worth idea. more than 500 but... Or 14 <laughs> Melting carat. it down in the apocalypse. Mm. I knew you'd come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> Make bullets out of it for the corona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how things go everybody stay safe at least the benefit of this podcast is we don't have to be in the same room to record it it's true yeah, yeah. we can do this long distance we'll be the only podcast it's left. time to shine <laughs> yeah we can do it from like a bomb shelter we'll be fine <laughs> what, what if this is the way new media takes over <laughs> a gigantic yeah, global disaster that. Like, yeah. If like Hollywood loses so much money because of this, that Netflix takes over and everything. They already have. Yeah. Green screen acting. If yeah. the virus just, <laughs> just never leaves <laughs> and yeah. no one can go outside ever again, then we'll mm -hmm. stay home watching YouTube and Twitch streaming. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Apparently Steam had its uh, like record-breaking concurrent players at like 20 million or something yesterday. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody's at home playing video games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you getting that Half-Life game? Hell yeah! The VR one. Yeah! Thing. It looks really good, but I don't have a headset. So, so. hyped. Yeah. That's well, pretty cool. It takes a lot to set up, but I'll play it. Oh, you have... you have, Which <laughs> VR awesome. setup do you have? I have the, the Vive. Nice. The OG Vive? Yeah. <laughs> the OG Vive. <laughs> the original one, yeah. Sounds like a sex toy, if I'm being honest. Oh, yeah, the OG Vibrator. The OG Vive. Do they still have cables everywhere and all this? Yeah, it does. Ugh. Is it a bit of a mess to set up? Yeah, it is. There's wires everywhere. You get all tangled up in them, but mm. like, you can work around it. I got the Vive Pro, guys, and it's also yeah, the wireless one. Yeah, so there's a wireless attachment, and I believe there's a wireless attachment yeah. you can actually put on the OG Vive too. So there is. Yeah, it costs more money. I had to <laughs> so basically we'll get a new computer for the wireless thing to work, just because it wasn't compatible with my motherboard or something. Oh, oh wow. wow! But you know, I just used it as an excuse to upgrade and then gave my parents yeah. my old PC. You don't need uh, you don't actually need cables, but the downside to the wireless one is like the batteries only last like a couple hours, so I I just have like three batteries that I cycle. <laughs> so, I think it lasts like 3 oh, 3 or 4 hours maybe. And then I just swap mm. them out yeah. and have them charging. You reckon it was worth the investment then? Um, yeah, if I mean, like, good. for, for my own the, entertainment yeah. and the fact that, you know, it's part of my channel, like, my gaming channel thing. Yeah, yeah. It helps for streams and stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, it's an investment. Yeah, I think I sure. saw, what, the Shrek video you did, where you did... Oh, yeah, <laughs> the Beat, Beat Saber, Saber thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a challenge. Yeah, your arms must have been painful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've used it in videos before. I used a little bit of it, I, what's that game? It's where you can, like, uh set up a simulation in outer space or whatever. Oh, I don't know. What <laughs> it's something like that. that. And I, I used that for Nicolas Cage-a-thon oh, yeah. like, for like the opening. <laughs> it was like a zoom in on Earth or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've used it before. So you don't you don't have any VR stuff, right, Amanda? I have the PSVR, which is oh. not ideal, but I like it. Like, I do no. like it. Uh, I wish I had gone with the Oculus Rift, though. It just it went on super sale at one point for like 100 bucks with two games. And I was like, I want to play Beat Saber. And then I realized that all the really cool Beat Saber stuff is through PC. Because yeah. you can download all of actual You can't good do any songs. custom stuff. 
No, no custom stuff through the PlayStation, but uh, they did release a Green Day pack, so <laughs> having yeah. fun. You're sorted then, yeah. They also released an Imagine Dragons pack. Oh my god, I didn't <laughs> know that one. Oh, uh, radioactive, radioactive. <laughs> yeah. I'd say Imagine Dragons is among my least favorite bands, honestly. Yeah. yeah I would have thought you'd love them. They're like the new Nickelback to me. Kind of, yeah, yeah, for sure. Where it's just like really overproduced, formulated, <laughs> no soul. They don't give a shit about what they're singing about. Yeah, at least like Nickelback when they're like rock band. That doesn't bother me so much as when it's like mm. Imagine Dragons, top selling rock band of 2019. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, right. that, that word has lost all meaning. <laughs> it has, And yeah. now we're boomers, so yeah, we got to watch out for the coronavirus. Now. We do. <laughs> I guess to change uh, topics, <laughs> three of us saw the uh, Invisible Man. Uh, Alex did not. Yeah, I missed out on this one, but I saw Upgrade, so I'm curious to yeah. hear how it kind of compares to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you like hyped for the Invisible Man? <laughs> oh, I'm just losing it in anticipation. Tickled. We won't spoil anything. I didn't go and see it, so I mean, that kind of says, I'll give it a chance <laughs> when it comes out. Did you see the trailer for the Invisible Man? No, I don't watch trailers anymore. Okay. I just go into every film blind. It's my Smart. favorite way of consuming. The Invisible Movie. <laughs> All right. So, Ralph, you you uh you had some things you wanted to say about it. What are your thoughts? Oh, I did. Well, you were oh, the one who suggested was... the topic. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, because we all saw it. It's like the big movie. Because I saw I The Mummy, is. which was like Universal's previous effort to make a horror franchise like <laughs> marketable again. And that was bad. And this was like their new attempt at it. What? Yeah, totally. Wait, was it? Is this like a universe movie? It's not part of the dark universe or anything, no. but they knew that wasn't working. So they're like, okay, let's take the oh, Invisible okay. Man and let's do something. Let's really? make it a horror movie. Let's make it like a yeah. medium budget horror movie. I just assumed it was Lee Winnell's little like project, though. No, it, it looked like it had a really big budget, especially there's like some action sequences in this that are kind of impressive. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was stupid. Oh yeah, it was, it was I still incredibly liked it. stupid. I had a I had a great yeah. time watching it personally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? it was. Fun. I thought Elizabeth Moss was really good. I've She's been watching great. Mad Men a lot recently. Like I just oh, started watching it. How much do you think the budget was? I want it some was guesses low, here. I thought twenty million. I thought it was like maybe ten. I thought it was really low. Isn't it like technically budgeted through Blumhouse? It, it's nine million. Nine wow. million. Okay, I thought it was okay. under ten. Yeah, yeah. So I knew it was success. more than Fantasy Island, but. What Lee Winnell did with uh, Upgrade when he made that, I think the budget for that might have been lower. What he did was he filmed it in Australia or something. Mm. It was just like, yeah, it's cheaper to film here. <laughs> did that, and it Five wound up looking like it had so much more of a budget. I do agree. It looks like it has more of a budget than $9 million. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there are other articles here comparing it to uh, Dark Universe The Mummy. <laughs> I just didn't make that connection at all. That's very interesting. Because Universal backed this, and they gave yeah. them the license to use that character. They gave oh. Blumhouse. Through Blumhouse. Through yeah, Blumhouse. they gave it to Blumhouse. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. What? And this is way better than The Mummy mm -hmm. or like anything they were trying to do with that, which was Absolutely. like an action movie. They were trying to make it like The Avengers. It's so stupid. It's very so stupid. weird. And then they released that trailer where the sound was off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. And just Tom Cruise yelling, so funny. It was awful. Yeah. It was like the first introduction we got to the movie. Apparently, like Tom Cruise was like very involved in all that too. He oh, was yeah. like, this is gonna be great. Yeah, this that's what made amazing. it bad. And at the end, <laughs> he's the bad. mummy. Spoiler. He's the mummy. But it's yeah. so yeah, he has like bandages around his uh, knuckles. I thought he was the yeah. daddy. So what do you what do you know about 
the actual Invisible Man character, because when I saw the trailers for this, like, I had no idea it had anything to do with this whole Dark Universe thing, right? Whether or not it's actually attached to the mummy or they're just doing their own thing. But you're saying yeah, it's a well, licensed character, Well, it's a totally new take right? on it. So, like, how, mm -hmm. how true is the licensed character? Because all I'm thinking is, like, what? The Hollow Man is the same thing, that movie, but it's not, like, a licensed character in that one, is it? Like, they didn't have to get a license to make Hollow Man. Like, how is this different? No, but I guess it's called The Invisible Man. So yeah. I, I guess that's just the, the title them. alone is what the license was yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, ridiculous. From like those old classic, the, like the HG Well stories, really? basically. Yeah. So you Do need you a license. Do you think anybody for watched that. this because of the title, though? No. Yeah, I think well, so. Well, maybe. Really? I guess maybe some people, yeah. but. I think it had a recognition. Yeah. That makes it really? valuable. Yeah. Okay. I guess I've been living under a rock. Yeah, I know the Invisible Man. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with the Invisible Man. Like I've heard of that character. It is before, obviously for this sure, is but... a different story to yeah. it. Obviously, like it has its own yeah. take. But this this is like a reimagining. Mm -hmm. I think the fact that it isn't a direct connection is why they took a risk on it. Mm -hmm. Like if it was the Bride of Frankenstein, they would have put more money into it and had more control over it. <laughs> yeah. But they were like, oh, the Invisible Man. We can kind of just make it a modern day stalker movie instead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it works as that. I said this in my review. It really felt like gaslighting the movie. That was like the majority yeah. of what was going on was just gaslighting <laughs> and making her feel like I she was crazy. I think that's definitely what they were going for. <laughs> <laughs> I felt it got very repetitive. And I really, really enjoyed the first half of the movie. I thought that it had like a very mm -hmm. like mature kind of like artful presentation. And without spoiling anything, you know, there's that wide shot of the kitchen with like the knife and the mm -hmm. stove and stuff. And like almost kind yeah. of like callback to paranormal activity, but it looked nicer. It wasn't like this dumb yes. grainy kind of thing it was almost like kind of like a really like patient kind of like uh hanukkah-esque shot in a way it was like holy crap there's like subtleties in this movie yeah then slowly over the course of the film it just got like really really repetitive and then again without spoiling anything it just got way too goofy near the end it started turning into like saw six and seven for me i was like this yeah. this does not fit with the the whole first part that you uh <laughs> yeah the communicated tone. Yeah, because I, I love the start, like the start of it, just like the the whole like um, again, not to spoil it, but just everything that she's going through and all the little steps she's taking as yeah. she like works her way through. Uh, and there's a lot of little moments like that, that that really do build tension. And I think just in terms of like like an enjoyable popcorn flick, I don't think very many people are going to be disappointed by this. Mm. Uh, hmm. yeah. You know, well, I mean, maybe you would be, but you know, you, no, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I, I gave it a pretty high rating, but it's just because like if I go into a movie and I have a really good time watching it in a theater setting, like that's that's good. You know, yeah. I'm fine. And I like Elizabeth Moss. Mm -hmm. I I don't I don't like some aspects about her personal life, but I really like her as an actress. She's great. Oh, yeah. So you got some you got some juice, you got some dirt. Oh, no, some she's just like the Scientology stuff. You know, oh. it's always a little. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know about that. I don't. She's yeah, a Scientologist. She is. I find no, I like her so surprised from, like, birth, no. from, <laughs> from birth. So like, I kind of wow. feel bad for her. Like she was okay. born into it. Oh, I did oh, not know really? that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, she gets called out on it quite a bit because if she was in like Handmaiden's Tale and people were like, Do you guys you see any like the irony that like you're and then she tries to be like, No, it actually works here. perfectly. Yeah, but no. It's other than that though, she's she's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I just um there's there's so much that I liked about it at first. And I was like mm -hmm. pleasantly surprised by it. It looked nice. The like mm -hmm. darkish blue color palette was like really nice too. The effects weren't bad at all. For the first part especially mm -hmm. and then yeah it just turned into like this really goofy campy thing that i loved in upgrade 
I loved the campiness of Upgrade because it was like this fun mm-hmm. kind of like almost kind of comedy sort of thing going on. But like the tone of what was happening in The Invisible Man, just like it felt so conflicting by the time that it reached the end. And it's like, well, you can't start off as like a super serious movie and then every stupid thing happens and a billion plot holes. And then, you know, this would work perfectly if it were in a movie that had the same tone as Upgrade, but it didn't. Yeah, I can it, was, agree with that. it was goofy and it went on for way too long. It felt like the yeah. third act could have ended like right in that parking lot. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't. Yeah. It it keeps yeah. going and going and I would have been satisfied right there. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. I just remember when it was done, yeah. I was like, so amazing that they're setting up for the Fantastic Four with Invisible Man because that's just kind of the vibe <laughs> I got when with when it actually ends. Mm. Yeah. They could have they could have cut some stuff out of the middle, honestly. Like the movie's two hours mm-hmm. long, I think. Probably could have been a good hour and forty and been the exact same movie, but just not as repetitive and long. I agree. There were some characters I thought were cliche. Oh yeah, I thought like the cop character, she like happens to know a cop, and then yeah, that was like, kind of funny. <laughs> later like, on, it worked out very I nicely I guess I don't for him. <laughs> like later, yeah, it works so out. Clean. It, yeah, everything works out nicely. It's very strange. Yeah, wraps very together. convenient. Convenient. Yeah. The same with her sister and other characters. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. The writing's weird and kind yeah. of rushed. <laughs> I thought that they at least covered like the basics for like character relatability at first like i had no idea who she was and i was kind of annoyed by her in like the opening scene but then as soon as like you know she's interacting with the people that she's staying with she gives them like a present and stuff they're these like really tiny but necessary character moments where it's like oh okay i like this character now and then they just move on with the rest of the story and that's like all we Mm -hmm. got of it but that's all we really needed (laughs) i guess just for this you know horror movie or gaslighting movie. yeah for sure that's yep. like every scene. It's that's what you needed to yeah. make the story work, and that's it. it yeah, but yeah. then it gets really that. repetitive, which is so weird because like you sure, you think that yeah. they would just stick along with that, like oh, we got the basics covered, let's move on, but then they kind of just do the same thing over and over. It's just a bunch of gaslighting, and that's it. Yeah, it almost feels like they're like, do we need more moments building up tension here? Do we really need to kind of like try to subvert the audience expectation of what's coming do we want to try to like convince them it's all one way and then jump it somewhere else but then it ended up feeling repetitive instead of like tension building i guess after a point Mm -hmm. yeah i wasn't like that super affected by it you know i wasn't like scared really oh yeah no i had a couple jumps and that's about it Mm -hmm. maybe one i don't even remember what it was anymore everyone jumped when someone coughed in the back of the theater (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that's the scariest thing of all right now yeah Mm, a real life horror movie Mm. (laughs) yeah i don't have too much more to say about this movie uh actually apparently just on top of that apparently breaking news universal pictures is making some of its current film releases available on demand starting this week which includes the invisible man and the hunt which will be available on apple amazon and i get to review the hunt for 1999 Oh, awesome. Hey, I oh took my, my risk God. going to the theaters. Get your butt over there. Oh, no. But... Oh, I got a review Invisible Man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so now you can see it. And I, sh- <laughs> I should clarify to our listeners, I am not looking forward to The Hunt. There's a much better 2012 film <laughs> called The Hunt that has nothing to do with this, and this one looks like crap. So that's why I didn't want to see it in theaters. They're completely totally different fair. movies. It got banned. <laughs> it didn't get banned. It got postponed by like Delayed. Paramount or something. Yeah, you got to uh, Universal. Universal. Same thing. It's it's a Blumhouse. It's a Blumhouse production yeah. as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it got postponed because yeah. they were about to release it, but it was like there was a shooting that happened or something, and it's like well, two shootings. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah. It's like, when, when are you going to release it when there's not a shooting, you know? Yeah, they basically it just... <laughs> They're, they're the playing that aspect the up in their marketing because I think they yeah. were hoping for the backlash they were getting from like the president, which they got, and mm -hmm. then from all the news sources being like, this movie is horrible. And they yeah. were going to bank on that. And then the shootings happened and they were like, ah, oops, we're mm -hmm. going to delay it by six months. So. Yeah. And now it's just kind of writing off of it being controversial. It's like the movie they didn't want you to see. It's like, ah, oh, come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. It looks That's, really basic. And they're like the most talked about. Yeah. That's what it, they it, said about Gotti when it came yeah, out. The most talked about movie of the <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, which, it's which year? It was never the most talked about movie of either 2019 no. or 2020. <laughs> yeah, it was like the Joker kind of has yeah. that pinned. Rise of the Skywalker was talked about yeah. more than... <laughs> more talked about. <laughs> the Hunt. Uh -huh. uh, it, you know, it was, it was decently like, it was, if you like kind of like violent action thriller comedies like it's pretty fun and betty gilpin is okay. really good in it but like yeah. it's not something that like people need to be rushing out to theaters yeah. to watch right now obviously yeah we can all catch up on a bunch of digital releases or even maybe some classics or something yeah we don't need movie theaters for a bit <laughs> i guess God. for a bit just a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> i still love film festivals i hope I hope I can. Yeah, I, hope I, know. I can go to Tiff. Ugh. What's really funny Tiff. is like I still put in my press application for Can. I don't know if that's <laughs> going to happen or not. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I was put in my application like, anyway. Mm -hmm. Just didn't book any flights. They yeah. seem to think it's still happening, even though France banned gatherings of like <laughs> two hundred people or more or whatever. Or sorry, well, no, I think it was May. like a thousand. I don't know what they're planning on doing. Apparently, a good like ten days ago or something, they were offered an opportunity to actually purchase insurance specifically for pandemics and they declined it and oh, they're just geez. like no we're just, it's just <laughs> happening either way and so now <laughs> like i don't know what cinema do. <laughs> uh it seems like a bad decision anyway uh invisible bit. man uh four out of ten for me i, I think i gave it a five actually five yeah <laughs> what would you guys <laughs> <say>? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I feel like I like it less than you, so I'd give it a four out of ten. Okay. I, I gave it a five originally, but like, yeah, it's it's just dumb. Yeah. I feel like there's so many things I would have done that she didn't do if I knew oh, there yeah. was like an invisible person. Yeah, of like course. record I, I anything on your phone, especially because she had a lot of money too. She got money from his trust or whatever. Yeah. So she could have like things. rented a room and set up like a bunch of traps and strings oh, yeah. and. I don't like. I don't Pound know. Style, yeah. 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 Or just call the police. She was like doing nothing. Well, yeah. She spilled coffee grounds on the floor. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. She did. <laughs> yeah. She pulled that supernatural stuff. Yeah. I think I liked it the most. I gave it a three point five on Letterbox, which I realize is high, Ooh. but I don't know. I I I had fun with it. <laughs> no need to feel ashamed of your rating. <laughs> I know. I I'll be honest. Like I tend to rate things higher for little reasons, just mm -hmm. because you know. I don't know. It's just how I am. Yeah, that's fine. It, it's yeah. the only scale you have to be consistent with is your own. You don't have to be consistent yeah. with anybody else's, as long as it's just that's consistent true. with yourself. I agree. Alex, mm -hmm. what would you give it? Are you still hyped to see it now? <laughs> I give it a zero out of ten. Oh shit! Oh my <laughs> you god! You really sold me on it, though. <laughs> no, I'm really gonna go out and see that one. No, I'll give it a chance when it comes out. I just don't want to, you know, risk killing my grandparents for the sake of the invisible. Yeah. Man. Well, you'll be able to watch it at home soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they'll be releasing it soon. So. Yeah. Yeah. You can catch you it on digital. Or maybe it'll just be one of those like U.S. only bullshit things. I hope not. Probably. Yeah. 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 We'll see. All right. Um, 
so I guess uh, I guess we're gonna move on to the uh, recommendation discussion, if that's fine. Unless there was another thing you wanted mm-hmm. to talk about, no? We'll just move on to that, and then we'll do that. And then <laughs> yeah, there's nothing big. It's like the hunt. I still believe, and some other ones is about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything else is gone. There was like onward that nobody watched apparently. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna watch it, and then I saw Same. the sixty something Metascore. I was like, okay, if <laughs> if this is like the one Pixar movie that gets like below ninety, then I'm probably not gonna enjoy it. <laughs> also. <laughs> <laughs> Like even the ones that get yeah. like ninety something on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, it's just like eh. Yeah, it didn't really look like a Pixar movie to me from the trailers. It looked more like a throwaway Disney thing to me. DreamWorks yeah. or mm-hmm. something. How dare you talk anything bad about DreamWorks? I never would. <laughs> no. Shrek. They made the Madagascar trilogy. <laughs> Shrek. Yeah. One of the most epic trilogies of all time. Doesn't Pixar have another movie coming out this year? Soul. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's the same thing that happened when they released like the good dinosaur and then like a few months after that they released inside out yeah i don't know about them making two movies a year it's a a bad call Mm. (laughs) it's a bad call we we see the pixar formula now like we we were disappointed when we saw the trailer for this new one where it's like oh this looks like a really interesting like character study and it's like Mm -hmm. oh no it becomes like a little dimmy thing like a plushie (laughs) it just looks like other things they've done like inside out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just recycled ideas, basically, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So there was a uh, film recommendation uh, from last episode. It was my pick. It was a movie I haven't seen in a while and wanted to check it out again uh, from one of the most interesting people in filmmaking, uh, Shane Carruth, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. If you don't want to hear spoilers for Upstream Color, and uh, don't listen to this part or just watch the movie because <laughs> uh, we're going to spoil it. So basically, uh, Upstream Color is a movie that was made for like, I think, 50 grand or something. Yep. Maybe less. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was shot on a, a GH2 and it still looks <laughs> great. R- really great. Yeah. Yeah. Shane Carruth knows better than anyone how to make a really, really <laughs> low budget. This is like basically micro budget we're talking about for like movie scale. Make it look like something actually professional and well-produced. He does everything. He directs, he writes, he stars in the movie. He scores the movie. <laughs> I believe he probably edits it too. Like he, he does everything and he's uh, he's got quite the interesting brain and quite the interesting way of presenting his films. I At this point, I would normally describe what the movie's about but i think that that's kind (laughs) of a larger part of the discussion because there is a very concrete narrative it's not so much metaphorical like there's things actually happening when i saw this when i was uh a lot younger i was really really confused the first time i watched it and had to watch it again (laughs) but then when i showed this to uh my roommates or a couple a couple people uh, they weren't so confused, and now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I was hamming up just how uh, uh, how much this movie doesn't hold your hand. But or maybe because I told them beforehand that it doesn't hold your hand, they were paying extra they close attention, and they mm. figured everything out pretty easily. But anyway, I kind of want to hear what you guys think about this. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I wasn't as confused as after your first viewing from your description, mm-hmm. but I'd say I'd probably. Uh, 
understood maybe 60% of what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not in a way that was frustrating to me, though. I thought it was presented in such a way that kept it going at, at, at a pace that made it so you couldn't really even get a chance to get frustrated with what's going on because it's mm-hmm. always kind of developing really fast. But yeah, it, after about 30 minutes, it, it, I, I really kind of got into the, the mystery of it all because that was really the hook for me. It was like, okay, what what is going on? Like it, it wasn't even striking me the... Um, that much on a metaphorical level aside from the obvious kind of parasite cycle cyclical thing that was mm-hmm. going on which is designed to make you think about but yeah otherwise it was a, an interesting confusing journey into mm-hmm. a i don't even know like <laughs> yeah it's, it's hard to process the in. whole thing when you're yeah like, like the I, was, first I was viewing on a first viewing i, I was yeah, watching sure. it and someone came in and was like oh what's the, what's this about then i'm like what's the rest of you and i was like jesus christ there's like maggots um and then like a pig fusion um, yeah, hypnotism yeah. just forget about it just forget about it you gotta watch it on your own <laughs> but as i said though, it was very entertaining i really liked the characters i liked um just as you said the unique way it was presented um like in a very slick very intentional kind of way using the the limitations uh, really understanding the limitations and using it to enhance mm-hmm. what he was doing with the movie because uh, uh, unfortunately i did look and see the budget before watching it and sort of mm-hmm. trying to think but would i have noticed some things here i guess the only thing i would have noticed was the audio quality at points um during the beginning i was like there. Eh don't really like hearing that static in there but you know at the same time it also is kind of like the style of the movie it does feel mm-hmm. very chaotic like that but mm-hmm. yeah aside from little little nitpicks i found it very interesting yeah it, nothing really annoyed me or upset me despite how you know out there and abstract it definitely is yeah it definitely has a soul <laughs> yeah i i liked the the chemistry between the those lead two characters um i thought their relationship was kind of interesting uh-huh. um the way they they trickled out their kind of backstories and came to the realization together and that really weird idea of them sharing the same kind of backstory and realizing at the same time and it, very strange scenes um, where you're just trying to figure out what's going on he just saves a lot of money because he did everything basically yeah. He did the score, mm-hmm. he acted in it. And... Producing and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he didn't have to pay anyone to do any of that. He had yeah. to pay a cast of people. It wasn't like a period piece or anything. He mm-hmm. just It was basically him going around on these locations, acting out a, a play that he wrote. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's what Primer was, too. That's why yeah. it was so charming. But the stories are so like complex and, and interesting, even if you don't know what's happening the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of one of the interesting things about him as a director or just as a filmmaker when you're watching his stuff you don't like you kind of you're picking up little things as you're watching and you can kind of follow what's going on but then it like once you hit the ending is when it all really wraps together but not in a way that it like walks you through it where it's like oh my god this is the reason why this happened and the characters come to that realization it really leaves it for you to come up with it, which is why I honestly think that his movies are kind of better watched twice. Like, even if you oh, get to the end that. and you're like, I get what's happening, I think you get a lot more when you go back and uh, rewatch it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alex, so you haven't seen Primer yet, right? No, it's been on my list for yeah. so long, but I've just never got around to it. It's I know so that good. what makes it so famous, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would, I would say uh, from memory, I haven't seen that one in a while either. But I would say Primer is probably my favorite out of the two. 
but yeah in the same sense like the way that it's presented when i say it doesn't hold your hand what i'm talking about is like any other movie that you would see pretty much that had the same general plot as either of these two films there would either be text or a narrator or maybe a character even explaining things to the audience along the way being like oh so this happened and this is what this is and blah 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 but instead it's just more of like an experience of of like the characters as it's happening in a more realistic way where they're not like kind of just explaining things or narrating things to the audience in terms of primer people have created like long and complicated charts <laughs> to to describe yes. like what's actually happening <laughs> yes, in that movie. very funny videos. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I have an I had a notebook while I was watching it kind of like ticking off. I was like Abe 1, Aaron 1 and then like going yeah. and then <laughs> like jumping yeah. around with yeah. them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, I definitely want to yeah. see Primer is I think it's more dialogue heavy than this movie was. Mm-hmm. There isn't a lot of dialogue in this. There's, there's long not. stretches where there's like just nothing. Um, yeah, I, really I like that, that about it, but it, it makes it it makes it hard to understand for a mm-hmm. lot of people. There were sequences in this movie that kind of reminded me of uh, like Tree of Life, Terrence Malick, mm-hmm. especially those uh-huh. ones with like the worms, mm-hmm. like inner body or whatever. Like really kind of interesting shots yeah. and like the the chemicals like pouring out of like the dead pig babies and stuff in the river. Like it looked really nice. Like, there were a lot of really yeah, aesthetically well-filmed shots. Just things that you wouldn't expect in a movie that's made for, like, far less than a hundred grand. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, the worms under the skin, I thought, looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, really Considering, good. Yeah, the budget. is very impressive. He's got a great brain, and I'm sad that he says he's quitting <laughs> making films. So didn't he, he say again last year that he was working on his biggest project yet that was going to blow? Because he yeah, keeps quitting is... and then coming back with like a new project. No, I don't <laughs> know. I think it takes long it. breaks. I don't know how many times he's actually quit. I, I've only ever known of one time that he's said he's quit. So if he's said this multiple times, then that brings me a little bit of hope. <laughs> so many directors be like have a Miyazaki said or quit, something, and then they don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy who directed The Fall, Steven Soderbergh, Tarantino's going to quit, mm. but he'll come back. Like yeah. They don't do it. I mean, Shane Carruth, he makes a movie like every like 11 years or something, and he's only made two, yeah. and I love yeah. both of them. I mean, he's an indie filmmaker. It's probably hard for him to get all the money together and write these stories. That's what like, he was saying. He does it all. Like, that's time. He was trying <laughs> yeah. to get a movie made called like The Modern Ocean or something, and when it was listed on IMDb, uh, when there was like news coming out about it, like there were some big name actors in there, but it seems like yeah. what wound up happening... Like Hathaway. Yeah. What wound up happening was just like, it fell through because he couldn't get the money needed to, you know, just he needed producers if he mm. was going to have this kind of scope and scale. And that just wound up discouraging him. Like, I, I guess in an interview, he was just like, yeah, I hate this whole system. I hate having to wor- <laughs> worry about making a financial return on something. Like, the guy just wants to create art very clearly. And there's something very respectable mm-hmm. about that. And I love seeing these types of voices where that is their number one priority. It's not just like, oh, yeah, what can we put in this movie to make sure we get an, a return on our investment? And so I can understand why he would be d- discouraged by that because that's, like, the v- overwhelming majority of the industry. And if you're working, like, in the mm-hmm. actual industry... It's like, ah, you, yeah, you have to make money. Mm-hmm. You have to have a big studio backing you. Like Christopher Nolan has a movie coming out, mm-hmm. but he has a big studio backing him. So he can make movies every two years. He mm-hmm. can't. Shane Carruth mm-hmm. is just, he doesn't have that kind of studio support. Mm-hmm. 
maybe he should but i mean i don't know i don't think that's gonna happen (laughs) yeah like i I think the last thing that i'm seeing about him apparently in an interview in 2019 it said he was working on something massive that will leave the film industry and he'll leave the film industry once he's done working on that project okay so i guess Uh, he's working on one last really big thing that'd be dope right i would love to see one more yeah same thing with like absolutely like Portishead makes an album every like seven years or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I'm one to talk. It's been like 10 years for me. Alex, you said you got like about like 60% of what was going on. How did you feel, Ralph and Amanda, in terms of like interpreting, I guess, like the full story? Were there things that you were confused about? Because um, like I've I've seen it enough times that, you know, I, I kind of have basically the whole narrative of what's happening down. Yeah. Ye- yeah, I feel I feel good about it now. I I watched it once back when you mentioned it, and then I watched okay. it again like the nice. next day, because um, I have a really hard time focusing when I'm at home. That's one of the main reasons why I love going to movie theaters because mm-hmm. it really it demands your attention. I'm very That's easily true. distracted when I'm at home, and yeah. he's not the kind of director that you can get distracted while watching his yeah. movies. Like you have to be focusing. So. I followed most of it, but there were moments where I was all like, why is that happening? Mm-hmm. And then I'd kind of go back a little bit. And it's like, oh, it's because I looked away for like five minutes and totally missed this thing that was <laughs> happening just because like there was no dialogue because my brain just decided to be stupid for five minutes. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I followed pretty well. And then once it got to the end, I was like, I felt pretty comfortable. And I think the first time I just went back to the very beginning just to watch that intro scene again. Yeah. Just to kind of un- not understand, but just to kind of like rewatch what started it with the context of how it ends basically it is it is like very connected it's kind of like a loop although the cycle gets broken by the end of it yes at the end yeah Yeah. because he he calls it it's like the um i already forget what it was (laughs) the some it's like the three-part cycle the last one's like flowers Mm. it's like Mm -hmm. oh yeah i don't don't know what he named but yeah each cycle i can't remember what it's called anymore but yeah 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 basically if anybody was uh confused about it listening in the podcast basically it's like this uh there's this i guess chemical or uh whatever's happening in uh with these plants and uh this guy is using this chemical basically these these worms that are i guess in the soil by these plants are now like infected with this Mm -hmm. blue chemical and he takes these worms and puts some in like pill bottles and then tries to get people (laughs) at the club to like take them thinking they're drugs and they have this very strange property or effect where the the chemical can like link people together in a way so like those kids were pouring cola over the worm without actually eating the worm and then they were like yeah. closing their eyes and doing like synchronized like martial arts almost or like high-fiving yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff so like it was like <laughs> connecting their brains and so he'll uh take this worm uh, make someone eat it by you know by the end of the night he was fed up and nobody was taking his drugs so he just like force fed it uh, attacked tases somebody attacked this woman and yeah in the parking lot and forced it down her throat and then uh <laughs> pretty shortly after she ingests it the effects seem to be kind of like scopolamine if you you don't know what that is then look it up there was a really interesting like i believe it was like a vice documentary on scopolamine where basically in some countries there'll be like prostitutes that give people this drug and it's like an in- a highly suggestible like enhanced suggestibility drug where you can basically hypnotize mm. people or like scare them into doing things and like giving you all their money sort of thing 
and uh yeah people wake up and they don't know what happened basically the same thing happens to the main character there's like this whole really interesting hypnotism angle where he's like my face is made out of the same surface as the sun i apologize and she just you see it kind of through her perspective i love they got this like light coming in from the side of the frame and so she never looks at him he convinces her to like take out all the money that she owns in property <laughs> and yeah, get like her to go into the belongings bank. and stuff yeah keeps yeah. her awake by like literally just enhanced suggestibility saying things like this water is the best thing you've ever tasted do not fall asleep and like <laughs> while he's sleeping in her bed is like distracting her by making her read a novel called walden and like taking all the pages and gluing them together in like this this chain link sort of formation and yeah after that point there's like uh there's like a man who basically has these gigantic speakers that are pointed in the dirt and then <laughs> i think apparently like in real life that's a way to like get earthworms to come out of the soil or something i forgot that to look sense. that up but hmm. i think that that was an actual thing apparently there's this cycle happening where she is just the next person in line of a person who has been abused by this this man <laughs> and she now has like this worm thing in her body and the only way to get it out is by transferring it to another living being and i guess you can imagine that perhaps this man who is helping get the worm out of her body perhaps there were other like failed attempts perhaps he tried doing it and didn't transfer it to another body and either like killed the person that he was trying to help or it just like mm. wouldn't leave or something so he has to like transfer it to a pig and then from that moment on the person who had the worm inside them is now like mentally kind of like or or also emotionally uh, attached to this pig and they don't know it. So whatever's happening in like the pig's life is something that's going to affect them emotionally. And so like it's it's kind of like a mouthful when you try to explain everything, but yeah. yeah. I guess it comes that's together also beautifully when you're watching it. Yeah, and that's that's also why it's great that they didn't explain it because it would have sounded like kind of stupid mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. Like, it's more of, like, an yeah, uh, experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the, I guess two pigs fall in love, and because of that, the two characters, the two main characters fall in love, and they're, like, drawn to each other. They can't seem to escape each other sort of thing. Like, Shane Carruth winds up going to work late just to catch the same train as her, and then turns out it's been, like, a year or whatever since, uh, since she was attacked, and she is on all these medications, and she's, like convinced that she is absolutely insane sort of thing and both of them are incredibly like neurotic and they have these like mm -hmm. ocd things that they need to do throughout the film just out of compulsion like picking up rocks at the bottom of a pool and like sorting pebbles and stuff like they've been fucked up by this whole experience and mm. <laughs> i guess the pigs fucking get pregnant and then the main <laughs> character feels like she got pregnant she goes in to try and get medical advice they're like no you're not pregnant in fact uh you can never be pregnant it looks like you've had surgery <laughs> like from cancer or something <laughs> and um yeah meanwhile the farmer is basically using these experiences of the pigs that he has on his farm as like inspiration for this music that he creates to continue the cycle just gonna wrap this up sorry i was rambling for a while but it's like kind of a complex story <laughs> it is you know, if if a pig gets pregnant, he takes the babies and like drops them into the river. Uh, other people offer to buy the pigs, but I think that he believes that you know if they're infected with this weird chemical or whatever, that 
there might be something wrong with that or like he doesn't want them i guess like out of his control and so he just winds up like throwing them in a river and then the pigs decompose and then the same chemical from the pigs goes back into the river and infects more flowers and then that's those are the flowers that get picked at the beginning of the movie and so the entire time you know the the main characters are experiencing all of this like anger and grief and they don't know where it's coming from and they just they feel like they want to jump outside of their own skin or whatever. Like, I don't know where I am. Should we go home? Where are we going? Let's go home. And then they like barricade themselves in a bathroom and they think it's like the end of the world that it's just based purely around this feeling of, of like having their babies taken away from them essentially. And it's just pure mm-hmm. emotion without any logical reason to it. Yeah. And then he, his pig is locked in a cage too, right? Yeah. So like he's feeling closed off and then she's dealing with like the emotional trauma of feeling like she's lost her children yeah. without having any like logical reason to think that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and I guess like that would be basically the theme of the film is like outside yes. influences that you don't understand driving you to do certain things and driving you to feel certain ways. And like in reality, there are outside influences in all of our own lives where we might not understand why we're feeling a certain way or we might not understand why we have a compulsion to do a certain thing, that there are things outside of our own control. We might not be connected to pigs, brains or anything, but, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. just to kind of get at like what it's trying to say thematically. All right. Somebody else talk for a bit. That was a mouthful. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. like if you break down everything what you just said it sounds like crazy like if someone's listening to this insane. right now and they haven't watched the movie <laughs> um, it sounds crazy but they, they tell so much of it through like the visuals so it doesn't as you said earlier it doesn't come across as, as if it is silly like it, it is I don't know it just works seeing this like mm-hmm. pig on like a medical table next to the human and yeah the fact they don't over explain everything is exactly what makes it good and it is it is crucial that it is as entertaining and kind of swift as it is because it's not a very long movie. It's only like an hour and a half or, or so. Mm-hmm. Perfect length, I thought. And yeah, that rewatchability factor where it probably will get better with every rewatch, yeah. I think. Yeah, I like movies that you can appreciate more. It's asking a lot of you, but at the same time, everything is, is kind of there. Like as you just described the plot, it's like, yeah, yeah. Like every little bit that I, I kind of missed. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's mm-hmm. like you can't even really blame the movie for you missing what it was doing because it is just so abstract and not used to the way stories are normally structured in this medium. So Yeah, and also I think like a lot of movies that present themselves in this kind of way, I, I, sometimes I watch something like that and the base assumption is like, oh, this is just something that's being metaphorical and doesn't make sense and they don't care. Or it's like trying to be Lynchian or something. Mm. Right. So you might not expect that there's an actual, you know, like he's actually dropping rocks in this thing and has a microphone and he's recording it. It's not supposed to be like some grand metaphor that has nothing to do with the story. That's literally a part of the story. Like he's using the pigs as inspiration for his music. He first like throws the the papers off the cliff and he's like, ah, and then he like (laughs) goes to the pigs and then starts like, you know, touching each of them and like feeling their human connected lives and the one Mm. guy's got like a wife that just died and then as soon as he connects with that that pig then he's like okay i can write music again which is just crazy to describe but like you know it's all there yeah it's all there for sure whereas like primer doesn't get really that out there in terms of like just how 
kind of abstract this movie is or, or just how weird the plot is, Primer is confusing in a different way because it's a time travel yeah, movie. <laughs> And it's just yeah. like, yeah, exactly. there's so many Keeping layers. Keeping track of all the different yeah. versions of characters. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's confusing, but like, once you get the structure down, you understand what's happening in Primer. And it's obviously, uh, there's like a lot of dense, like, um, physics talk, obviously, early mm -hmm. on. Like, they're just going yeah. back and forth. They're a not trying exposition. to, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not trying to baby you through it. It's supposed to sound like two guys that actually are professionals in this field having a conversation about something. Mm -hmm. uh, this definitely just goes out there and just so many other ways and, and like alex was saying it's it's a lot in the visuals so yeah. this require this not this doesn't require yeah. your attention it demands your attention because yeah. you don't if you're not sitting and watching this movie you're gonna like lose so many little details and if you miss it from the beginning like you're done for the rest of yeah. the movie don't don't show up in the theater five minutes after it started so many people yeah, that do you're that done. you're already gone <laughs> yeah they do just like casually walk in they got like two bags of yeah. popcorn it's like, yeah. yeah. Are you here to watch the you movie? You do that for the Invisible Man. Yeah, yeah, walking exactly. 20 minutes after the movie started. Yeah. Yeah, it's like too late now. You need to come back for the next showing. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is boring. What's up with the pigs? <laughs> yeah. I bet a lot of people walked out seeing this. Oh, I have It made no half idea. a million dollars in the box office, which is good yeah. considering its budget. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I, I wonder. Good. I'm assuming Primer was even more successful like that's more of like a yeah because primer was like a five thousand sort of dollar budget or something oh yeah, yeah. primer was made 7, for like 000. literally nothing <laughs> nothing yeah, yeah. seven thousand dollars yeah seven thousand yeah, shot on film absolutely Sweet. insane that's cool yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i need to rewatch that movie for sure it's Hyped yeah just thinking about it yeah i rewatched it when you asked if i'd seen it mm -hmm. so it's just so good yeah you would you prefer yeah. primer as well to upstream color yeah, I, I think Primer is definitely my prefer preferred of the two. Mm -hmm. I think they both are worth your time 100%, though. But uh, Primer is just such a refreshing take on a genre that's been done in so many different ways. Yeah. And the logic of it is really solid. Like, I like the idea of, like, we've made these machines. And you can only go back as far as the machine has been turned on. That's it. You can't yeah. go back to the like this. You can't mm -hmm. go back to 1802. Yeah. Like it follows a, well, a structure. Can, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it follows a, a structure and it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that. I have so much respect for a movie that follows its own rules. That's all I care mm -hmm. about. When people mm -hmm. say that I'm being like nitpicky about a movie logic, it's like you can make whatever rules you want. I don't care how crazy you want to be you can be it can be an alternate universe there can be like supernatural elements at play i don't care just follow your own rules and it it seems ridiculous that so many films just can't even do that i can think of literally yeah. two time travel movies that follow the rules <laughs> that they set up and that's 12 monkeys and primer and that's it i can't literally every <laughs> other time travel movie that exists harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban is that a time travel <laughs> movie i don't remember <laughs> it has time travel yeah. It's, it's not a time travel. Well, yeah, it kind yeah. of is, but yeah, I think it follows its rules. Okay. Well, then we got three. That's but then maybe I'll, I'll need There's to like watch Terminator that Genesis or something like that, <laughs> where it just bogs it. down the movie. I mean, even yeah. the first Terminator, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the point of the Terminator. I know. I know. Point is I'm just Arnold saying. Schwarzenegger shooting. <laughs> I'm just saying. I appreciate it when a movie like. You know, yeah, yeah, I do too. Primer and Twelve Monkeys also don't make sense if you break it down logistically. There's a lot of issues with time travel in general, mm -hmm. but of course. just follow yeah. your own rules. That's all I want. And I love that Shane Carruth yeah. cares enough about this. And I mentioned this on a previous episode of the podcast. Ryan Johnson 
sent Shane yeah. Carruth the script for uh, Looper, and Shane Carruth responded with, "The time travel doesn't make sense and it doesn't work." <laughs> yeah, he literally yeah, like, he's told like a consultant him, he's like, on Looper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, why <laughs> would you even send no your sense. script to Shane Carruth? <laughs> he's just gonna tell <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, like, that's sense. risky. Yeah, yeah. Like you should know it doesn't make sense. If he wanted it to be accurate, he should have fixed it. Yeah, yeah I could have, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, films didn't. don't have that goal all the time, you know. Of course, yeah. It takes time to explain all that and make it make sense. Sometimes movies are like, oh, that's boring. Let's just shoot like the Terminator did. <laughs> Let's yeah. just have a bunch of action scenes. <laughs> pew pew, kachow. Pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, do you guys have anything more to add about uh, Upstream Color? Uh, I really like the music and the yes. of kind of sound yeah. um, that really elevated um, anything that would have come across as more kind of cheap to me, especially mm-hmm. when that audio engineer guy was was coming in. Like it really showed the mm-hmm. the range of kind of sound effects and that they were willing to mm-hmm. implement, which I really mm-hmm. liked. Did you notice it's the same soundtrack as Tickled by David Ferrier? I thought oh, it really? fam- I genuinely, I thought it sounded familiar. I searched up on Spotify to see if I could find uh, yeah, it, but I didn't, I didn't, didn't realize it was tickled. Okay. That makes sense. Cool. This came first, and then David Ferrier wound up editing his movie to the Upstream Color soundtrack as temp music, and then Shane Carruth, <laughs> like, I guess he's oh, just wow. connected with these people. He's like, oh, yeah, use it for free or whatever. He just let him use it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I think it wor- awesome, worked actually. really well for Tickled, too. It's like a rare instance <laughs> of, yeah. like, literally using another film's soundtrack that doesn't actually bother me because it's like a documentary so it's like well the film exists okay. yeah. in that universe right takes on a new meaning yeah. yeah ralph is there anything else you wanted to say about it sorry or amanda also no i i, I liked it but i think i'd appreciate it more if i saw it a few more times like i have mm-hmm. primer like right now i like primer more but you know mm-hmm. that's that also took time it, it ages like fine wine mm-hmm. primer. <laughs> like you watch it more times you're like oh yeah i remember that part it's so good mm-hmm. so I, I gotta see how this one sits with me would you give a rating now you want to yeah give <laughs> yeah let's do it yeah, we'll show yeah. okay uh let's say seven out of ten for now you want to say that again that was i think your dog was in the mic yeah because yeah. i think my dog <laughs> is like, like at the same yeah time. he just shook his whole body yeah, just say it again okay, sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> i would give it a seven out of ten awesome how was that take? That's a good one. Yeah. That was good. Uh, I have it at an 8 out of 10 right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at the same. Uh, 8 out of 10, but possibly mm-hmm. higher um, if I revisit. Which I do want to. Yeah, I've been like coasting between an 8 and a 9. Mm. Feels more like an 8 right now. It used to be more of a solid 9. Not like it's like, oh no, I just don't like it as much sort of thing. It's just, <laughs> you know, different points of my life, I guess. You know, when I was younger, it was like... Mm-hmm more cool <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i still love it i like i spent the entire Did the time romance impact it. you more when you were younger what do you mean like the oh the romance eh, yeah yeah like did it make you feel more where you're like wow that's beautiful it's a nine um <laughs> I no love. there's certain there's certain parts that i connected with more and certain parts that i connected with less in a way the, Absolutely. the, yeah, I get the that. one part of the i guess romantic element like the fact that they're both like insane or whatever one part that really kind of got me this time is like a punch to the gut was when she literally just pulls out her prescription bottles and she's like (laughs) by the way i'm nuts here's saving like three or four months and you can just tell just from that like interaction Mm -hmm. like she's had a lot of bad experience and pain over the past year that we didn't see in the film 
Yeah. And she had like a very well together life before that. Yeah. Like, they really expressed that. She's had a really great job. She was in charge of a lot of things. And then like her whole life is just gone in a flash. Yeah. Eight or nine. Can't decide. My MDB rating's a nine and I'm just not going to change it. So <laughs> that's, awesome. that's my rating. All right. Question time. Yeah. If you want to leave your own questions for uh, the Sardonicast crew to answer, head over to the Sardonicast subreddit. There's someone who left a post saying it angered them when I call it the Sardonicast reddit. Not <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. The subreddit. I didn't realize redditors were so particular. But mm. let's let's start with uh, this one from... AR, no, AGR23, who says, Star Wars prequels or The Hobbit, which prequel <laughs> series do you prefer? Oh, The Hobbit, 100%. Prequels. Mm. <laughs> I have a soft spot for really? them. I love them so much. I know they're trash, but I love them. The prequels? Yeah. Hey, they're so boring. I, don't, I grew up with them, so I just love them. <laughs> yeah, I like, I love too. Phantom Menace, like, yeah. unapologetically. You're also talking to a Jedi. Remember that. You are talking <laughs> to a Jedi. That's true. Yeah. But I think the, the Hobbit movies are so much more, like, ambitious and better made. There's the a really good are. Hobbit movie somewhere within that trilogy. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah, edit you, it down. You could edit it down to But I don't think there's true. anything good in the prequel trilogy. I don't think there's any good movie in there. Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think the prequels thematically are actually quite good. It's just yes. the, the, you know, the implication of uh, everything that... I've been watching the uh, commentary, actually, the commentary oh, yeah? tracks by Lucas nice. on, the, on the prequels, and they are hilarious. That's great. Really so, like, like on, in um, The Phantom They've Menace, when... Yeah. Yeah, when he shows like uh, C-3PO and he's like, oh yeah, I thought it'd be funny to make C-3PO be made by Anakin Skywalker. Something that's that's, like annoyed so so many fans and to him it's just like a little side joke. It's so funny to me and illuminating. That's hilarious. I definitely recommend those. Yeah, they're great. But yeah, I I actually might go with the prequels personally. I think I prefer Mm -hmm. them. I think think their, their effect on culture I think is just so much grander and greater. And oh, it's and it awakens so many people to the kind of critical way of viewing, especially like that franchise. But <laughs> you know, yeah. blanket reviews out of it, and it's like just started this That's huge true. spider's web mm-hmm. of looking at movies in a different way. Whereas I don't know if the Hobbit really moved the needle that much. Hey, we got Lindsay Ellis Hobbit videos. Those the, were good. Yeah, I guess very so. good. Mm. Yeah. trilogy mm-hmm. of videos, yeah. Yeah, not quite blanket, but <laughs> we both got some. We got some good reviews out of both of these prequel trilogies. Yeah, at this yeah. point, that's the best part of the Star Wars movies is seeing the red letter media things mm. on them. Yeah, you, you, th- there are compelling arguments for both sides for sure, and I agree that if you edited down the Hobbit movies, you'd probably get something better than like an edited down version of the. Star Wars prequels, or at least more appealing to me. Mm. And I don't like either of these prequel trilogies. <laughs> but I do have to say, like, I can't imagine myself ever revisiting the Hobbit trilogy. Same. And I, I'm pretty much done with Star Wars also, but <laughs> I... I agree with Alex. Like, there's more of, like, a cultural thing going on. Like, there's, there's like, prequel memes subreddit. You know? There's, yeah. like... Uh, the a, are awesome. It's it's a quotable trilogy, even if it's kind of dog yeah. shit. There's some quotes. Yeah, I also know? think that just story wise, the prequels at least give more 
um, I totally lost the word, but just it gives more to the overall story that it's mm-hmm. giving to. Whereas like The Hobbit doesn't really achieve anything. Certain actors actually had to turn down roles because they said it wouldn't make sense for them to be there. Oh, what? Because they just yeah. insisted on stretching it into three yeah. movies. I think they're more detrimental to the universe of the whatever. Like, I (laughs) think the Star Wars prequels did a lot to, like, like with the Metachlorians and Jar Jar (laughs) Binks. It's just like a lot of bad. The sequels. (laughs) (laughs) No, I get it. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. Yeah. The the problem at the core of the two um, trilogies is so different because the Hobbit's issues come from it being a rushed production with the too many, like, cooks in the kitchen with all these producers Mm -hmm. trying to force it into the trilogy. It should have been two movies. Whereas it's like the opposite problem with the prequels, where it's one person's total control over a trilogy and not being able to reel it back quite in a way like he did for the original. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Lucas needed someone in the kitchen saying, no, that's a horrible (laughs) idea. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, in a way, I guess you could say, like, at least Lucas was making something he loved and cared about, even if his (laughs) ideas were just strange <laughs> yeah very Whereas, like peter jackson you were the, the hardest on thing, the, the like, prequels it felt like more of a cash grab than a star wars prequel trilogy somehow and i know that that's a crazy thing to say but like yeah, yeah compa- comparing the lengths of like the the books like lord of the rings and like the hobbit <laughs> like the hobbit none of that's justified of <laughs> they were literally just <laughs> trying to recapture this whole like oh we'll do a trilogy release one every year sort of thing that worked out really well for lord of the rings like it was it was so much money at the expense of art in that movie yes you can see like in the behind the scenes of uh, the hobbit movies like peter jackson is in like a real state because yeah. like, it was such a horrific project yeah. forced into <laughs> yeah. like yeah he, he was forced years into of it. so rushed for lord of the rings yeah exactly you can like, tell so he's working really, really hard but he has yeah, to make like three movies could, in, but, like, in three years yeah, I feel for him because it's not like he was very, clearly very pressured into doing it because uh-huh. there's just so much money on the line. The Guillermo del Toro movies were supposed to be made, but that didn't fall. That didn't, oh, yeah. you know, that fell mm-hmm. through. So it just, he picked up the pieces and he had to like yeah. do a bunch of production work in a few months. Yeah, they were basically like, if you don't do this, we're just going to give it to somebody else and they're going to ruin your baby. So he was yeah. like, well, I Somebody's going to ruin it. It's going to be me. So <laughs> I think there's yeah. potential there and like creative spark. I think there was it was just rushed. And there's a lot of like decisions like making it three movies that was just a financial decision that hindered the overall trilogy. But mm-hmm. I think yeah. like at the core, the prequels are just they just they don't work. I think they're so bad. <laughs> There's nothing about them I like. Yeah. I think the third one is hilarious. That's about like wow. my compliments go. As movies, I don't like them at all. But as memes, yeah, I mean, I don't like the new ones really either. (laughs) Yeah, I like the the eighties and seventies ones. I'm just like when we're left with like the cultural impact. I'm just trying to think of like a single line or quote from the Hobbit prequels, but I can't can't. think of anything. It's just what there's no there's no line to stick with like the culture. And then in the Star Wars prequels, yeah, but it's the like prequels are mean. So that's why it's because people are making fun of it. That's why it's like relevant to culture. Yeah, but people were still good with it before that. Like people, they it got kind of crapped on back when they were coming out. But like for the most part, people still showed up to all those movies, really excited. Yeah, you know, people mm-hmm. people and, always love them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like retrospectively, you're looking back and you're like, okay, Attack of the Clones, that's a mess. No God, okay, <laughs> Natalie Portman's into this. Okay, Mm-mm. I have the higher ground. 
You were supposed to be the chosen <laughs> one. Which, not to mention, they like literally like ten years earlier, boy, f- like man, flies up out of a like a vent and cuts somebody in half when the other guy had the high ground. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, ridiculous, yeah, 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 you know. But yeah, when he was Darth Maul, that's when but... he learned the importance of the high ground. The high ground, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You're yeah. supposed to destroy the dark side, not join <laughs> them. Join it. We will not yeah, the no is the worst. Hands down, that's like, to me, that's Jar Jar on the side. Like, that is the worst moment yeah. of the prequels. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. I've had good experiences watching them, definitely. Each time oh, watching yeah, it, it's funny. like watching a new movie. Because, yeah. like, you, like, rediscover, you, like, rediscover yeah. Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> discover yeah. new things about it. Watto and Dexter Jetster. <laughs> In the diner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god and there's all this merchandising off of star wars that i think is cooler than like lord of the rings and the hobbit absolutely i like the lego star wars games and oh, yeah the whatever. prequel like iconography is actually pretty good like all the ships and stuff like mm-hmm. yeah that's so more what i was thinking Georgia. about because george lucas is a producer first he likes making mm. money so like making all those toys and everything and video games that's what and he wanted to do and all that stuff and yeah it's yeah. cool but peter jackson was trying to make three movies yeah, yeah it's debatable <laughs> they even said like they they announced it as like two movies which was really funny because yeah. even that was like too yeah. many and then they're like no yeah, we're the actually Hobbit's like doing the three. size of the first harry potter book yeah. like the hobbit is not a big book at yeah. all it's yeah if you could if you could put like fellowship any of the actual Lord of the rings movies getting their own individual movie and you can make it work even without the extended cuts you can make a one movie hobbit yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like they were they, when they were making movies into two parts, like Twilight and Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, everyone was so like, "We're doing it, <laughs> we're doing it." Yeah, but the the books are so short. You're gonna do yeah. that. All right, yeah. So if I if I have to choose between one of them, I'm you know I have to say probably the Star Wars trilogy, and I don't like it. Adam loves the prequels. Yeah, yeah. Don't like it. Now he loves them. Yeah, everybody yeah. clip it. I love the prequels. Yeah, my favorite movies ever. I love Star Wars. I love everything out. Star Wars. I want to talk about Star Wars all the time. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, the Space Dentist asks us this. What are your thoughts on the announced HBO miniseries adaptation of The Last of Us from the original writer of the game and the writer of Chernobyl? Personally, I can't be more excited, and I think the people involved as well as being HBO makes this very promising. Yeah, I'm personally quite this? excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, t- yeah, two things make me excited about it. The first being that it's HBO, because mm-hmm. like, they're doing uh, like a Halo TV show on Showtime, which to me is like, oh. mm, I <laughs> don't know if there's, if I, <laughs> there's any chance of that being good. But HBO and the actual writer um, of the game having a heavy involvement okay. and it being a tv show and not a movie because i'm pretty sure originally they were going to do like a last of us movie which to me was yeah. like that is such a bad idea i think uh yeah. the tv show fits the kind of length of that game a lot better because it yeah. almost is like a 13 episode show that's one of the biggest yeah. problems with we game don't know anything about it right? yes yeah. i don't know if they'll do the same characters it might be set in the same world but the uh, idea of like a different actor is, playing Joel and Ellie, I don't know. I think Joel and Ellie are in it, which was, okay. yeah. Ellen Page. And yeah, <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> just, yeah. Whoever yeah. else, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, she can still pass for 15. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard to adapt things into from video games. It's hard to adapt them into movies or TV shows. I don't know. Yeah. For several but reasons. It could be good. 
There's a lot of good people yeah. involved. But I know. think if if there is any game that lends itself to that really well, it's by Naughty Dog. Any of those Naughty Dog games are have so many beautiful cinematic moments that just yeah. play out like a movie that some people like I play those games on easy because I'm just I'm along for the ride. I don't want to be yeah. challenged. I just okay. want to have a good time. Interesting. So I think that I think that lends itself really well to a television show format and I, I trust HBO to do it really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a first playthrough, yeah, I do the same thing. I play oh, really? on easy. Cause I, yeah, because I just want to enjoy it like a okay. movie. Yeah, the games are, they make the most cinematic games. I do, I do normal on the first playthrough thing. Because in my mind, that's like that's the developer's intention of what your experience should be if you're not like handicapping yourself or looking for like some ridiculous challenge. Like I consider normal yeah, to be the on, default. Later on, I play it on the hardest I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... No, I'm not criticizing. I'm not being like, oh, you guys are yeah, real I gamers. Know, I know. Oh, no, I'm <laughs> terrible at games. You can say whatever you want. It's fine. No, I'm great um, at gaming. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I do agree with you, Amanda. Like, Naughty Dog games in particular are incredibly cinematic, and that's why I love them so much. Yes. And I would say, like, mm-hmm. I've, I've said this before, uh, The Last of Us is probably, like, the most cinematic game that I've played. Like, it's something where... I sat my parents down just to kind of show them like, oh, look at where we've come in in games and, you know, got them to watch (laughs) the first like 40 minutes or whatever before it became like a bunch of like stealth and shooting sort of thing. Mm. Um, And like the opening sequence, like there's so many great intelligent choices that come with that because, you know, when you compare something to a film and how I guess things are expressed through where the camera is it means something entirely different to be playing as a character. And so they're driving past like this burning farm and like the apocalypse is happening. You have that choice as the character to control where your camera is. And she kind of like moves around the back seat and you're experiencing it in a way where it's like, this is how you would experience it if it were happening to you. And because of that, there's much more of like an emotional connection to the cinematic qualities. And so, yes, it's very cinematic already, but at the same time, I do feel a little bit apprehensive translating these things into TV shows or movies because some of the things I just described where like you are the player and that adds to the cinematic qualities, you can't yeah. replicate that, Absolutely. right? And so we have to decide like, is the story that great as a whole to just translate to a movie? Like, yeah, it's great. You can bring that story to more people. But, I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's kind of like a basic zombie thing if you break it down. I don't know. It really depends if they're going to mm-hmm. go for the same tone. I, if, they, if they have uh, Gustavo doing the soundtrack still, that would be a huge plus. I would love that. I think the music's great. Yes. But, like, yeah, I'm a little bit apprehensive. I'm not super optimistic about it. I'm, like, cautiously <laughs> interested, I guess. That's that's fair. I can I can get on board with that. I, I ha- actually don't really let myself get excited about many things anymore because I just I feel like it's better that good. way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the good you way know? to do it. <laughs> don't join the hype train. Because <laughs> then if it's great, you're like, oh, my God, that was amazing. And then yeah. I feel like even if you get really excited for things, nothing ever really lives up to that. So it's just better to go mm-hmm. in with lowered mm-hmm. expectations. Anyways. It takes a lot of influence from Children of Men. Yes, too, mm-hmm. Last of Us, the story and that that opening scene with the the camera like rotating oh, around yeah, the, the car road a little bit. So too. good. And now that Quiet Place Two trailer did the same thing. Yeah, it did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, with the but kids like, in the back seat. And... <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> but it's like yeah. we're gonna take like Last of Us took influence from these movies, and now we're just putting it back into a TV into show films. now. Yeah, yeah, it's like why don't you make something new with the Last of Us inspiring it instead of yeah. like making the Last of Us again? But. Well, we'll see. It could be fine. 
There's a lot of good people attached to it. Yeah. Mm. It yeah. really depends. Yeah, if it isn't just a retread of the, yeah. the if it's the same story, uh, I'd just be left asking, why was it? so it's just the same thing but worse because it's just yeah. the same thing again. Like it's the last for the non-gamers. They they have to change it up <laughs> because like when when you're looking yeah. at like the format of a television show, no matter where it's being released, like there there has to be some sort of consideration for not just the overall plot and structure but like the structure of each episode and to make it episodic yes. you know usually you have to have some sort of cliffhanger or like you know a little bit of like bait <laughs> or something at the end of an episode and so to structure it like that mm -hmm. like you know you can have overarching storylines that are still at play obviously throughout the course of the show but there needs to be some mm -hmm. sort of episodic structure to it so like in hour-long segments there has to be you know, conflict resolution or like conflict cliffhanger sort of thing, you know. So it, it, I don't think it could be Creature possibly the, the exact same story. They're going to have to Is do this something. Is this going to be a mini series or like a, oh, I don't going to have multiple seasons? You guys know more about it than I do. I don't know if they've said exactly what they're doing. Mm. They just said adapting yeah. a series. Yeah, we'll so. see. Yeah. They want to stretch it out too. That's the thing with television. Have mm -hmm. it go on for as long as they can. Yeah, well, if they get this first one and it deals with them younger, they could theoretically do things that happen in between this game and the next game, hmm. next season Maybe type thing. That. That, that's an option if they wanted to kind of keep it going for a while. Yeah. They could make it like a Clone Wars type thing. You get all that in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last of Us Cinematic Universe. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's perfect. It's what we all need. Yeah. Not if it has really great cinematography and really great music and they keep Gustavo, mm -hmm. then I'll be happy. And some good creatures, because that was part of what yeah. made The Last of Us appealing to me was their their take on that kind of yeah. zombie outbreak yeah. thing. That being yeah. I think I think if they can kind of get like the vibrant, like um, annihilation, kind of how it dealt yeah. with certain things, just with like the really vibrant colors on the clickers and stuff. If you can really kind of amp up that like body horror style of uh, of like the zombies versus just straight up zombies mm -hmm. to kind of differentiate it from everything else in that area, I think that that would really help. Yeah, yeah, I do like the cordyceps concept yeah seeing that translated into a different medium is not a bad thing cautiously interested yeah we'll wait and see them isn't alex garland making a show too speaking of oh he has one that's already out i think yeah devs yeah oh People yeah i've heard good things that, i just haven't, haven't watched it yet. yet they're all going to tv <laughs> yep yeah because they're getting bigger budgets yeah like... More people yeah, are watching streaming it. wars. Like yeah. everyone wants their like show, don't they? For their yeah, the stories are just better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You go to a theater, you watch a bunch of crap, like <laughs> Visible Man or whatever, <laughs> based on a movie from a hundred years ago. But you know what? That's one of the best movies that came out so far this year. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the best ones. Big C Baller says this. What are your opinions on stan culture? Stan culture is the obsessive nature of fans of a particular celebrity or similar. Have you ever had issues with fans that are so obsessed with you that they act like a sort of cult with whatever you do? <laughs> I'm mostly curious about Adam's answer for this, considering he had to witness Beyonce stans in preparation for his Lion King <laughs> review. <laughs> Which is, yeah, I watched those videos and man, I didn't realize it was quite to that level with Beyonce. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. It's it's absurd to me in a way, but at the same time, kind of unsurprising. And then also at the same time, still very surprising. It's like, <laughs> there's some people that, you know, when you look at like Beyonce, they're basically just like royalty at this point. Mm -hmm. And it's like, 
when when we put people on these like pedestals and forget that they're actually people and they're more like icons or like ideas at this point i don't know like i i think it's good to respect and appreciate people whose work you admire but there's a level at which it gets like really messed up and kind of like i i, I would say i would argue like unhealthy in a way oh absolutely yeah yeah definitely I haven't really so much had too many bad experiences or anything with people doing that to me. Usually, I don't know, I, I still consider myself to be like a, a person and I try really hard to continue <laughs> that idea. I don't want to be looked at as not a human being. And so I try to be as real as possible with people, like also online, talking about opinions and just being honest and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Haven't haven't had too many issues, and I think that's also like kind of the audience that you fester, the kind of audience that sure. you create, depending on how you want to, depending on how you want people to view you, can kind of influence how people do. And I'm hoping that you know the majority of my audience has enough respect for me and for that, <laughs> that uh, you know as much as you can be like, oh, that's so cool, I got to meet you, like that's cool. <laughs> I don't have any issue with mm-hmm. that. Haven't had too many big issues sometimes i'm just caught off guard by it in a way where i'll follow someone on twitter or i'll subscribe to their youtube account (laughs) or something and then they'll post like a tweet being like guys he's watching my thing like i'm like oh yeah (laughs) people care about that like it's kind of cool and interesting like i I forget i have a million subscribers at this point it's really weird yeah man i'll be honest when you followed me i was like "Ooh, that's cool (laughs) yeah yeah I, i I, I wouldn't blame anyone for feeling that way. And there's certain people that exist where I would feel something similar to that too. Like I was like absolutely pretty much gushing over Charlie Kaufman when I was interviewing him. That was go. like super nervous mm-hmm. for me. That was the first interview I ever did. So yeah, that was a huge experience. And I would consider that to be like, like a bucket list kind of thing. Cause I love the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I feel like, just in terms of not necessarily like stan culture but also just like overly obsessive fans i think um the issue kind of when you when you get into the realm of like streaming and youtubers is that people feel a lot more personally connected to you than they do someone like taylor swift or beyonce so they have obsessive fans but those fans still know that there's like a difference between like that level of celebrity and where they are whereas mm-hmm. i feel like streamers and youtubers feel very very approachable and especially like if you're on twitch you're like interacting with them so yeah. you can't see them you don't know anything about them but exactly, they really yeah. feel like they know you i think it's like parasocial relationships basically yeah and some people can get really weird about it like um like i have i've had to call i had to call the cops on someone once not mm-hmm. that i felt personally threatened here but they had just been like escalating behavior online yeah, mm-hmm. I've yeah, and I have friends who literally have messages from people who think that they're in relationships with them, like they've made up entire relationships in their heads with people that they just lightly interact with on stream and think that like little things where people be like, "Oh man, hope you have you hope you have a nice day," when it's mm. just like a general broad statement is directed at them. Yeah, so yeah. there it can be pretty concerning to to some to some degree, and I I. I don't even get it that bad, but I know a lot of like some of my female friends get it like really, really terribly. Yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> There's some people mm-hmm. that just yeah. have like mental problems and they don't understand like social boundaries or norms and they're not yeah. used to yeah. communicating with people in real life. And so like the the interactions that they have on the internet, they might interpret more than what is actually happening 
they might not absolutely get <laughs> what parasocial relationships are yeah and it makes me feel bad but people get very attached yeah yeah it's when you don't remove the thing you like or like it is your identity the things you the thing you like is your identity type thing because i've mm -hmm. never viewed things in that way like i remember the first time i noticed this kind of obsessive standing culture thing i was in primary school and i saw like all the girls got together and did like this busted boy band thing they like in chalk wrote busted is the best or whatever on the on the ground mm -hmm. and then all the boys went over and wrote no bionicle's the best and, <laughs> and i was like you know what i don't want to be a part of any of this and like from then on I've, I've never treated it like more than what it is like a, i love the, like the art forms that i that i like and all that but i've never seen the logic in taking it to that degree because like the, the worst thing that i've ever come across is because because i hid my identity and face for so long yeah. It becomes this like secret to people that they want to find out. So it's almost like asking people to try and find out the answers. Yeah. So people do some creepy stuff to try and find out like personal information about me and what it looked like and stuff like that. But yeah, the mystery. Now. It's kind of like a Streisand <laughs> effect sort of thing, unintentionally. Yeah, yeah I, I mystery boxed myself, and then yeah. I got... Because yeah. you'd almost think you'd be safer not showing yourself, but it kind That's of like thing. removes then people that are level, more curious. but no, it just... It's the opposite, it makes yeah, it's the complete curious. opposite. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah who's banksy oh yeah oh exactly <laughs> <laughs> did you have anything to add ralph no yeah nothing to add to that yeah. lucky duck. yeah i i uh you know i've said this before if there's small things i can do to make someone's day better i'll do them and sometimes it's as simple as like saying hi and taking a picture with somebody and it can oh, mean a lot to them. Yeah, yeah. I always yeah. do that. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I I don't get that too too much at film festivals. I get it at gaming events more. But like, I have no problem doing any of that at all. It's just that like some people's behavior online gets like mm -hmm. pretty concerning. Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty minimal for me right now, thankfully. Mm -hmm. Good, awesome. Okay, let's do this. Uh, this one I I had to read for reasons you're about to find out. Okay, <laughs> J Jaffa, 1917 says, "Hey boys." Do you have any interests outside of film that when you see done in a movie, it can make you enjoy or dislike the movie a little bit more? <laughs> For example, I am a gun. So when <laughs> I see things like good weapons handling, <laughs> period, period correctness and realism, I appreciate the film more. Thanks, you... guys. So we've had our first gun writing in. Amazing. Yeah, okay. I was cu curious if that's what you actually said. I am a gun. <laughs> I am a gun. <laughs> that's what it was written. That's okay. like how it was written. That's great. <laughs> so he's a gun. Okay. Oh, God. Not he has a gun. He is a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've yeah, got guns for watching example, the show. I am a gun. I think you yeah. missed out the word owner. <laughs> yeah. I mean, either way, it works, I guess. Yeah, yeah, or he's just a gun and he really appreciates movies <laughs> that get gun details right. Yeah. Recently, I saw. That Jesse Eisenberg movie, Art of Self-Defense, which is yes. about karate. And I, I like watching karate movies. So that was interesting. Like, mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed that. Or like the karate kid. That's just one. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I enjoy movies that deal with mental illness properly. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of things that just make shit up. And they're like, ah, it's schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, <laughs> that's not. But yeah, yeah so I, I always appreciate that handled well. Yeah, that's a good answer. Beautiful Mind. Um, mm. Mr. Robot's about mental illness a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a great show. Certain reasons why is incredible. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's the pinnacle of mental illness uh, 
in, in, in the world is 13 yeah. Reasons Why. 13 Reasons <laughs> Why is responsible for mental illness. <laughs> it, a little bit, yeah. So sad. Yeah, I agree. The um, I, I always thought like if I were to make a film and have guns in them, I would want to have some sort of consultant, some sort of like person that I could talk to being like, okay, does this make sense how I'm using it? Or like, you know, yeah. it, it makes sense to have an expert on board for certain things. I feel like a lot of people wind up just being like, oh, well, if I don't know there's anything wrong with this, then no one else will. When, you know, depending on the type of movie you're making and what your goals are, isn't all that disastrous, I guess, but can be, depending on mm -hmm. what it is. And that's part of why I love Michelle Hanukkah so much. It's because this guy was like 70-something, and his latest movie dealt with the internet. And so like any other, like there are people like in their 30s that make movies about the internet that are just so cringe and they don't understand anything that's going on. It's like, yeah. that's not how yeah, any of this works. It's over-exaggerated. You're just fear-mongering <laughs> for something that you don't understand. And when he did it, mm -hmm. like he clearly did so much research or had some sort of consultant or, or something, because even though a lot of the websites being used in the film were fake websites, they functioned in a way that made sense and the way that they were included in the story made sense it, it was very thoughtful and well presented and i love when that amount of detail is put into something and i, I guess if there's like a hobby that you know makes me particularly notice certain elements it would have to be music so if someone's playing yeah. a piano i'm like okay they're not playing the piano in a lot of the, the senses, <laughs> or even it's like Absolutely. they're hitting notes. I'm like, that's not what that note is. Like the, it doesn't make sense to what I'm hearing, what's being shown visually. And a lot of the time people don't care. Even in music videos, it doesn't line up, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's, so, and that's where you yeah. want to actually pay attention. Yeah, But when those extra efforts are actually made, it makes me appreciate something that much more where it's like actually mm -hmm. accurate. Like in Coco, the guitar notes being played were the actual guitar notes. Like you could learn how to play the songs that they were playing in that movie by watching what they're doing with their fingers. And I thought that was cool, mm -hmm. especially Very for a kid's cool. movie. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, and there's some detailed animation too. Mm -hmm. I, I like these extra efforts. Yeah, I feel like for me, it's I, I appreciate all of the one, like examples you brought up. Um, it, it doesn't normally like bug me or pull me out of a movie too much, but I suppose I'm not like a an expert on you know being a gun or anything like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can we do one more question? We could probably do one more. All right. Okay, let's do this one then. It's from a uh, yo 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 bega who says, "What's your main choice for breakfast?" Hmm. What's your breakfast? Milk, <laughs> glass of milk. Just some eggs, all right, <laughs> and then some kind of meat, either like a bacon or you know something. Some kind we of found meat. the American. Yeah. <laughs> mm. milk Although I won't, I won't have milk. Yeah, I won't have milk and, like steak together. Then I'll like yeah. put the milk away and have a glass yeah. in a bowl of milk. You can like <laughs> blend <laughs> bacon and make bacon infused milk. You can pour <laughs> milk on top of the steak. <laughs> Yeah. What, what about I think you guys? Mine varies. Like Some sometimes I I just have like I, I just wait till lunch because sometimes I don't feel really hungry in the morning. Uh, yeah, lately, I've been sometimes. doing like brunch style with like toast with a over easy egg. You know, pretty basic. Mm -hmm. Some coffee. Get going. Eggs are good for you. They are. Eat eggs, everybody. Unless you're vegan. Yeah, unless you're, <laughs> unless you're vegan. And yeah. which case, I saw yeah, a very interesting video where somebody made runny egg yolks with tomatoes. So whoa, can still that sounds yeah, weird and interesting. Very California. So mm. just 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not much of a breakfast guy. Yeah, I, I, I don't mm. follow any like sort of three meal structure in my day. For the past three weeks, I've basically just been having one meal a day and then just like a bunch of snacks. So, and, and neither of the, like none of the things I've eaten could be considered breakfast, really. I'm usually not like <laughs> immediately hungry when I wake up. I'll probably just, you know, just drink some LaCroix and start my day. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm forced to go to like, it, it, you know, if there are like people visiting from out of town, a lot of people want to do a breakfast thing. Maybe I'll take them to like a nice like brunch, brunchy kind of place, in which case it, it would be like some sort of like BLT or like, you know, some kind of sandwich thing. Not a huge fan mm -hmm. of like pancakes or any of those kind of breakfasty places. It's like those waffles. Are just... oh, I love waffles. Waffles are good. <laughs> Not every morning. I mean, like you can't eat that every it's morning. really waffles similar to awesome. pancakes, but like yeah. I would, if I'm going to do waffles, I would like to do that like as a homemade thing. I don't like going to restaurants and I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like just a bunch of syrup and sugar. <laughs> it's like first thing in the day, you know, it's like, there's a reason why the word yeah, cake is in there. It's literally a cake. Morning, it's but... a cake in a pan. <laughs> you know, not a huge fan of like IHOP that. or Denny's or any of those things. I might get some hate for this. This might be my most controversial statement. <laughs> I'm not a pancake man. <laughs> just like, just like uh, sandwichy oh. kind of things. If I'm going to have a, a breakfast, but yeah, I, generally do not eat breakfast yeah i'm fairly similar but my, my favorite is just some scrambled eggs and some fresh fruit mm -hmm. that's a good way to start the day mm, i love fruit. fresh fruit salad yeah. choice been eating a lot of yep. uh strawberries and pineapple recently pineapple's awesome mm -hmm. <laughs> do you guys hear my dog <laughs> yes yes we do yeah he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't like yeah. adam's opinions clearly <laughs> yeah he really yeah, doesn't like that you don't like pancakes oh no <laughs> hold on let me calm him down i'll be right back <laughs> sure yeah we'll wait yeah, just scrambled eggs and fruit is, is the go-to for me. You get yeah. your protein and you get some like healthy sugars from the fruit to get your day going. Mm -hmm. Solid choice. So yeah. do you have like breakfast every day? Not every day is the thing. If yeah. uh, if I know I'm going to take my dogs out early on, mm -hmm. I need to eat something or I'll faint. Yeah. But that's what I normally go for, yeah. Yeah. I'll usually have All like right, a snack enough. or something <laughs> if I'm going to work out. Usually. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. My, my schedule is so weird. Like I'll... I'll basically yeah, start my work, like, not right away, like, a little bit later in the day, and then just, like, work basically until I go to bed. <laughs> so, like, if I do yeah. something else before that point, it'll be, like, I don't know, I'll, like, be working out or something. That's, like, the first thing in my day, and then, you know, eat some food, and then just, like, power through editing the rest of the day. Yeah. Instead of working and then relaxing. Usually, working is literally what I'm doing right before sleep. It's like relax mm -hmm. beforehand, yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you relax when you sleep. Yeah, I kind of do the same. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Just nightmares every night. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Ralph, do you eat breakfast every day? Yeah. You yeah. gotta eat breakfast every day. Oh. Gotta you gotta. The morning right, yeah. Yeah. Don't have waffles every day, though. No. <laughs> that's that's not good for you like you said yeah. just a bunch of sugar yeah a bunch but, of carbs yeah treat yourself fruit is good too for breakfast yeah i love fruit i hate fruit <laughs> do you just I, say I you hate eating it? sugar but well i hate I, I prefer to eat a bunch of sugar oh besides well, like an sugar apple, in it but i was gonna say again got a bunch of sugar. American. not enough <laughs> not enough, <laughs> not enough <laughs> processed sugar tons of sugar for it to be good yeah you yeah some modified corn syrup <laughs> instead of like real sugar high yeah. fructose corn syrup yeah 
It's in your sodas. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. I forgot you guys do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really Our soda weird. I don't drink. That shit's awful. Maybe you'd like it if you were drinking it with real sugar. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess that's uh, that's it for questions. Yeah. Uh, Good selection. Awesome. I believe it is uh, Ralph's turn to recommend a movie, I think. It is? Yes. I believe so. Okay. I got a movie right here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look it up real quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it's a movie called Bad Genius from 2017. Okay. It's four. 2017. I don't know which country. <laughs> okay, let's see. Looks like Thailand. It's really good. Okay. We will talk about that. It is on my watch two weeks list from already. Now. One of the best movies of that year. Oh, cool. Thank you. Awesome. A film by Natawat Punpiria. Yeah, I'm hyped. Uh, that seems that seems right. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. It's no, like a, touch it. they're cheating on a test. The movie's about them cheating on a test. Don't spoil it. Oh. <laughs> well, now, it's, now it. I just don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> you got to right. sell it. No, I mean, you, you don't have to sell it at all. This is like the part of the podcast. We're going to watch it whether we well, want to or you, not. you two are forced to watch it. I'm trying to sell oh, it to okay. the audience. Yeah, <laughs> all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's so. our job to watch it. Yeah, we're forced to do it. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. If uh, any of you listening do not want to be spoiled for Bad Genius 2017, watch it before the next episode. These episodes come out every two weeks, and you can get these episodes early if you go to sardonicast.com, sign up for premium. It's $2 a month. You get them early. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Just supporting the show. We got merch. Link in the video description. And uh, Amanda, you want to plug your, your stuff, your Twitter, your YouTube, Twitch stuff? Yeah, it's pretty easy. You can find me on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, all at Amanda the Jedi. Awesome. On brand. You're on brand, Letterboxd. I try. I don't know. That. I, I do, yeah. Okay. Oh, let's follow you on there. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, no, thanks for having me so much. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Thank you very much. Lovely guest. Yeah. Worked out great. Yeah, awesome. All right, everybody uh, stay safe (laughs) from the coronavirus and uh, stay indoors. Watch YouTube and Twitch. Watch all of our shit instead of watching movies and theaters. (laughs) And you'll be safe. All right. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Wash your hands. Bye.